right, hi folks, welcome aboard Philip Ward Show. Friday night, we have made it through yet another incredibly busy news week. And you know what? As far as the choice for uh, Republican number three, Elise Stefanik, oh, I wanted them to choose Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, the left and the mainstream media in our country would have lost their minds. And by the way, as far as uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene goes, now she started this new uh, hashtag on the Twitter box, so the hashtag Jihad Squad, and I am loving every single second of that. If you've seen the comments from AOC and Islam Omar and Rashida Tlaib uh, and this so-called new member of the squad, Corey Bush from Missouri, who we'll get into today and her praise uh or uh praising a person who was aligned with black lives matter who the chants are just disgusting and we'll get into that a little later on but all of their comments they are the they are the most anti-american congress people that we probably have right now in the united states house i they are anti-america they're anti-israel they're anti-capitalism everything that we hold near and dear as a country, our allies in the Middle East, and Israel is indeed that. They're the only country in the Middle East that wants to have some form of a democracy. But the squad, no, 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 no. They can't have that. Probably, They probably can't stand the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, who well, throughout the whole sort of conflict that we've seen occurring between Hamas and Israel has been as strong as can be. And that iron dome that Israel have created as a, a defense mechanism is truthfully incredible. I mean, it's one of the greatest technological advances of the modern day and age. But anyway, so we'll get into Cori Bush and the squad. However, today, the New York Times, also effectively known as the New York Slimes, has today come out with an article, and it is not good news for Joe Biden. I'm not sure if we should call him Joe Unity anymore. We should call him Joe Angry. Angry Joe. Fox News reports on as well. Biden lashed out at Bashara, who's his... Um, Health and Human Services Secretary, during Oval Office meeting on migrant kids amid tensions. So Fox reports, President Biden reportedly lashed out at HHS Secretary uh, Javier Bashara over his department's handling of migrant children. Biden, quote, lashed out in a March 30th Oval Office meeting when Bashara allegedly failed to have answers for questions about the agency's ability to take care of migrant kids. So I wonder, did Joe have questions about how there was sexual assault allegations going on inside these uh, holding centers? I mean, pretty disgusting there. What was he asking questions about five-year-old and seven-year-olds being thrown over the border wall? Or the kids that have had to make the journey from places like Mexico and Guatemala and Honduras and those kind of countries. Who, you know, the, the, uh, there was the one story about the, the kid that drowned, sadly, making the journey to the board. But anyway, so the New York Times writes, Beneath Joe Biden's folksy demeanor, a short fuse and an obsession 
with details. Now, this is uh, Michael Shear, Katie Rogers, and Annie uh, Carney. They write, the commander-in-chief was taking his time as usual. It was late March, and President Biden was under increasing pressure to penalize President Vladimir Putin of Russia for election interference and the biggest cyber attack ever on American government and industry. Now, as soon as I read this line, it took me straight back to January 2017. <clears throat> Excuse me. When uh, in January of 2017, sorry, something I throat there for goodness sake. On January uh, uh, 5th, it was Barack Hussein Obama, when the whole Russian collusion thing started, remember Barack Hussein Obama wanted something to come out. He said he, he, he needed to say that, that Russia interfered in the election. And, and then sure enough, here's this report on Russian interference. And then, you know, a day later, you have uh, Jim Comey going to Trump Tower saying to Donald Trump, oh, there, there's, there's this dossier that's out there floating around, but it's salacious. And it's unverifiable. That's what. That's exactly what I thought of when it came to this. Now, uh, Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, says, I have to do it relatively soon. This is what Biden said to Jake Sullivan. Now, Biden already spent the first two months of his presidency, and again, this is in the New York Times, debating how to respond to Vladimir Putin. And despite his acknowledgement in March that he needed to act quickly, his deliberations were far from over. He convened another meeting in the Situation Room that stretched for two and a half hours and called yet another session there a week later. Sullivan said he has a kind of mantra. You can never give me too much detail. Quick decision-making, not Biden style. I mean, we know that. We still, have, we still don't have solutions on the southern border that he created, that he made into a crisis. And as I'm reading, Joe Biden pays attention to detail. Obviously, he doesn't, or else he wouldn't have stopped constructing the border wall. Or does he think that that'll just placate into the radical left that's controlling him right now? I mean, either way, not good news on our southern border. How does he not pay attention to detail and go and give $235 million to Palestine, who naturally were going to fund Hamas, and now we have Hamas starting a conflict with Israel. I, I guess he doesn't pay attention to detail about what goes on in the region over in the Middle East. Uh, they, they write, his reputation as a plain-speaking politician hides a more complicated truth. I, plain speaking, try, uh, he, he can barely speak. There's nothing plain about when Joe talks at all. There's just broken english and, and he tries to straight listen to this what he was trying to say about truck drivers today I'm like joe what what are you even talking about and he's come on man I, this it, you know this is not a joke this is this is serious stuff man this is serious you know what what china's doing over there oh that's all right they they just have cultural differences now before making up his mind the president demands hours of detail-laden debate from scores of policy experts taking everyone around him on what some in the West Wing referred to as his uh, Socratic journey before arriving at a conclusion. Those trips, they write, are often difficult for his advisors, who are peppered with sometimes obscure questions. Now, avoiding Biden's error, 
during one of his decision-making seminars means not only going beyond the vague talking points that he will reject, but also steering clear of responses laced with acronyms or too much policy uh, minuet, which will prompt an uh, outburst of frustration often, get this, often laced with profanity. So here's Joe Biden in the Oval Office swearing up a storm to the people that work with him, to his advisors, to his policy, F this, F that. You imagine Joe Biden just just ranting and raving and swearing. Uh, they say, let's talk plain English here. He will often snap. I that Doesn't that give you confidence in your president? That at any point in time whatsoever, he's just going to go crazy. He's going to start throwing papers all around the room, start, start laying into people are swearing up and down the room. Interviews with more than two dozen current and former Biden associates provide an early look into how Biden operates as president, how he deliberates, whom he consults for advice, and what drives his decisions as he settles into the office he has chased for more than three decades. Now, when I read that, I thought, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here, and they go into a long piece all about it that we don't need to get into on this program. But there's Joe Bi angry Joe Biden swearing at his advice. I jeez, you know, imagine having to work for him. Imagine having to go to work for Joe Biden. If you do something wrong, whoa, he's swearing up a storm at you. You don't use enough details, look out, you're probably gonna get an F bomb thrown right at you. Uh yeah, I wonder if one of his econ uh uh the it was advisors he speaks to, White House economic advisor. Now this is Cecilia Ruse is her name. Now, she says this, regarding the bad jobs report that came out last Friday, she blamed Easter being in March this year. Now, I'm sure everyone has a cell phone. All you need to do, remember, remember, this is what our White House economic advisor is saying. Don't forget that she's advising the country. March, uh, Easter was in March this year. You go to your calendar. Go up to, go get to March, twenty the 28th could have possibly been Easter. Oh, that was just Palm Sunday. August, uh, April 4th, all you do, go to your calendar and see that April 4th was Easter. So you can't blame Easter being in March because you're just a complete liar. I You can't blame, uh, Joe Biden doesn't blame that. Oh, the federal government giving people more money to stay at home than to go to work? No, you can't blame that either. No, we're recovering. Now, at least she's acknowledging that the jobs report was bad. But again, much as we've, as we've seen from this administration so far, nothing but lie after lie. And this one, blatant. This one's easy to see as well. Uh, we have Rachel. Okay, so Rachel Maddow. And this was last night, and I apologize I didn't get to it last night because I didn't see it. I was pre uh, preparing for the show. I don't have time to watch MSDNC. So last night, after the CDC guidance that came out throughout the day that if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask indoors anymore, you're good to go. This is what she said. This is her exact quote. I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think you are a threat. Who thinks like this? I mean, honestly, 
When you see someone not wearing a mask, do you immediately think you are a threat to me and my well-being? How dare you be out not wearing a mask? I, and I would probably say Rachel Maddow seems like the kind of person to me that wears a mask inside, outside, anywhere. She could be 100 feet away from another person and she's still wearing a mask. She says, or I, I won't think that you're selfish or you are a COVID denier and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. Now, wouldn't you think people not wearing masks are the people that are vaccinated? And again, remember this is before because don't vaccinations work? I what is she even trying to say? Rewire her brain. She, she even says, I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other. Well, a second ago, I thought it was I thought it was she was going to have to rewire her brain. I guess it's all of us now. I guess all of us think that way, according to Rachel Maddow. Uh, now, this representative, Cori Bush is her name. Here's your headline. Democrat Cori Bush praises BLM activists who wished death on police officers. Oh, that's real. Nice. But this is a squad that believes they want to not defund but abolish the police completely. They're anti-Israel, uh, anti, anti pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine. That's what they, that's where their priorities are. Anti-America, anti-everything that we love. Now, Missouri Democrat Representative Cory Bush praised the Black Lives Matter activists who advocated death for police officers in 2014 and also tweeted the BLM chant, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Bush, a newly minted member of the squad, compared the ongoing conflict in Israel and Gaza with the Black Lives Matter movement during a speech on the House floor yesterday. She reflected on this uh, uh, Basim Masri, his name, he died in uh, 2018. Now, Bush described Masri as a St. Louis Palestinian, noting how he garnered national attention for live streaming heated exchanges between himself and Ferguson police officers following the 2014 shooting Michael Brown. Masri was among those arrested on a, a variety of charges following demonstrations outside the Ferguson Police Department in November 2014. One month after this, and remember this is in 2014, Masri tweeted what became a notorious Black Lives Matter phrase, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon on December 20th of 2014. She said, as a Palestinian, he was ready to resist, to rebel, to rise up with us as a St. Louis community, mourning Mike Brown's uh, Jr. state-sanctioned murder. And as we demanded an end to the militarized police occupation of our communities, Bush said, Palestinians know what state violence, militarized policing, and the occupation of their communities look like. That's what, that, make note, this is what she's saying. Militarized policing. Remember, Rashida Tlaib tweeted out, no more militarization, no more police. We want to abolish everything. Now, uh, the only problem with this is there was cell phone footage on October 8th of 2014 where there was people in St. Louis yelling, you know, screaming obscenities, quote, coward, straight pig, out here, B word, you got to go. Your life is in danger, homie. Uh, that man was, Masri was yelling, what happens when we take your gun? Then he said to police officers, I'm praying for your death and your death and your death 
and your death. How about that? Does this person seem like a real good person to you? But then again, this is the person that this Democrat is praising. It's beyond disgusting. Uh, as far as Democrats go, how about this headline in Breitbart? Nancy Pelosi forces vaccinated members to still wear a mask on the House floor. She doesn't care what the guidelines say. Nope, you better still wear a mask. Manu Raju, CNN uh, correspondent, said, quote, Speaker Pelosi told me, no, she isn't changing the rule requiring masks on the House floor. When he asked her about it, she said, no. And then said, are they all vaccinated? So I guess Nancy Pelosi isn't following the science, but I, I thought that's what the Democrats do. thought they follow the science. Not if you're the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, sticking with Congress here, uh, the House, Representative Elise Stefanik, New York Post, wins Republican conference chair vote to replace Liz Cheney. So House Republicans approved Elise Stefanik to their number three position, uh, officially voting her in. The vote came down 134 to 46 for Stefanik. Uh, she was nearly guaranteed the uh, position before the vote took place there, right? Uh, as a Donald Trump endorsement, you know, received the endorsement of, of uh, former President Trump. Uh, quote, listen, the Republican Party is a big tent party. My district is the story of growth of the Republican Party. My district voted for Obama by double digits, voted for Trump and myself by double digits. We have worked to grow the Republican Party. Nancy Pelosi has the slimmest majority in a generation. We are going on offense and are going to win back the majority in 2022. This is about being unified. I'm a proud conservative Republican and I will fight for the Republican conference. Now, right then and there, she got me. This is about being unified. I will continue to preach on this program. That's what all Republicans, I don't care if you have disagreements, I don't care what you think of each other. We need to, un all of us, by the way, that's conservatives in the media, conservative politicians. We need now, remember, we are, it, it, put it in terms of the football analogy. We are on the goal line here. All right, We're, we are very close to losing our entire country to this radical extreme socialist Democrat party. We can't afford to lose any members whatsoever from people that actually want to push a conservative movement. All right, we, it, it, we have open borders. We have Israel and Hamas going at one each other, turmoil in the Middle East. We have gas shortages. We have inflation coming. I mean, everything that Joe Unity Biden has done and is proposing is going to rip this country apart. Uh, Representative Chip Roy, a uh, congressman from Texas, actually, uh, he wanted to get involved. He wanted the position, actually. Uh, New York Post reports he failed to gain enough traction. And, and, and by the way, you know, I, I get it. I understand why Chip Roy wanted to get in there. There was people uh, that said, uh, at least Stefanik's voting record, you know, isn't that best suited for conservatives. But I tell you what. Right now, at this point in time, Donald Trump is very much still the leader of the Republican Party. An endorsement from Donald Trump, and at least Stefanik has been sort of, you know, she's been loyal to Donald Trump. I think she was always going to win. But the argument that Chip Roy um, wanted to get in, I just want, I, I got to at least talk about this for as far as the Republicans go. Now, you have 
the the so-called you know gang of four that you get your gang of eight but if you look at four in the house so the republican minority leader right now is kevin mccarthy who is a california republican half a democrat as i say you have on the democrat side nancy pelosi congresswoman california you have sticking with the democrat side charles e senator senate majority leader new york you have mitch mcconnell senator mitch mcconnell who is the only one out of those four out of the top leadership roles in our congress who is not from new york or california and he will preach that and he will say he has he has said it before you have I mean, who would you say throw as the third biggest in the democrats as far as power goes as far as using her voice i would have to say alexandria ocasio cortez in the squad look at aoc new york democrat so now we have elise stefanik another new york republican i mean, new york and california i i i get why why i think chip roy wanted to get involved new york and california don't specifically vote for republicans ever so <laughs> i get it um Anyway, though, so Donald Trump uh, tweeted out, and, and you know, I don't, I, I don't have any problem with Chip Roy so-called throwing his hat in the ring, uh, but you know, it's always going to be a tough ask when you have an endorsement from a guy like Donald Trump who says, "Congrats to Lee Stefanik for a big, overwhelming victory." Look at even Donald Trump, though, New York Republican. You know, I, I understand it that that they're all gonna gonna stick together here, um, but uh, do New York and California vote for Republicans? No, so the uh representation of someone like a guy from texas is chip roy who is a strong safe republican state i i don't think that could have been a bad thing and i i, I like chip roy i think he's a I think he's a strong guy um anyway uh donald trump says the house gop is united and the make america great again movement is strong that is what we need right now get this news more uh uh internationally china completes historic mars spacecraft landing this was in uh reuters a few hours ago uncrewed chinese spacecraft successfully landed on the surface uh of mars uh state news agency Xinhua reported so i don't know if we you know believe what you want state news china making china the second space faring nation after the united states to land on the red planet a solar powered rover named Zhu Rong will now survey the landing site before departing from its platform to conduct inspections. Now, the big part here, the sense I wanted the, you to take from this, is China, the second space-faring nation after the United States to land on the red planet. I mean, right now would probably be a good time to have a president there that doesn't cozy up to China, doesn't say, no, oh, they're, they're good people over there. You know, that doesn't have his son get what, billions of dollars from a country like China, you know, a Chinese Communist Party right now who started COVID, Kung Flu, China virus, got all those names for a reason. Because they started a world war without violence on 184 countries worldwide. And that is something we not we should not forget. Now they got something on the moon there, Zhu Rong. For goodness sake, got to be careful with China. I'll tell you now, we warned about in the build-up to the election. Donald Trump has always held China accountable. 
Joe Unity Biden. Angry Joe? Not so much. Guy loves China. Is it We have a Trump agenda, make America great again. Joe Biden's agenda, make China great again. Very sad day. Um, all right, so we have 1,346 days to go. Uh, I can't thank you enough, as always, for listening to the program. I do have to say, next week, I will be off. I will not be here. I actually won't even be in Buffalo. I am on my way. I will be down in Florida next week. Uh, so have a great weekend. Have a great week next week. So I will uh, be back here in the studio on March 24th. Uh, so like I say, thank you as always for your continued support. Have a great weekend. Have a great next week. And I will see you back here on this program on the 24th. Thank you as always.